So hello and welcome to another episode of the Turn 5 podcast where this week we will be discussing the news mostly because there wasn't any racing action this week. We're in the summer break but there was actually some news. So to start off we're going to be discussing the fact that uh, Formula 2 and Formula 3 both announced and formalised their 2024 calendars. Uh, this comes after F1 had already done theirs a couple months back now, somewhere around there. Um, so... I don't even know F1. <laughs> yeah, F1... I completely forgot this. about that. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Um, was it 24 races or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. No, I meant them. F2 have announced theirs. It's still 14 rounds. I believe there's 14 rounds this year. Um, yeah. This... But they've done a bit of a swaparoo. Um, so I'll, I'll lead you through the list and then we'll, I'll discuss the changes. So the calendar will go as follows. Obviously, all the dates will be the same as the Formula One dates. So we're going to Bahrain, Saudi Arabia, Australia, Imola, uh, Monaco, Spain, Austria, Great Britain, Hungary, Belgium, Monza... Uh, Azerbaijan, Qatar, and then the UAE. Now, so the swap, the swap there is Zandvoort for Qatar. Wow. And I'm kind of okay with that. Because I'm not a particularly massive fan of Zandvoort. And it also means that there isn't that massive gap after Azerbaijan. Because that's when F1 goes jet-setting off to the Americas and F2 never follows over there. So it means there's a bit less of a gap. I mean, it's still from mid-September to the end of November. But it means there's two races, not just one. Yeah, we get a double-header to finish then. Yeah. Um... So I'm okay with that. I mean, most of the calendar's still the same. So. Yeah. Most of the calendar's all right. Um, Then F3 have 10 rounds. And honestly, I can't remember how many rounds there are this year. But it's got to be somewhere around 9 or 10. I'll do a quick run. 10. 10? Are there any changes? Run Run us through this year's 10. Secure, Melbourne, Imola, Monaco, Barcelona, Austria, Silverstone, Budapest, Spa, and Monza. It's exactly the same for next year. Nice. So, uh, I guess Formula 3 have taken the approach of, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I can't blame them. Because, uh, I, I mean, I like the fact that it ends at Monza. That's such a banging end-of-season race. Um, just because it's so strategically different for Formula 3 than any of the other races that they go to. But I'd love I'd love an F2 or F3 to go to Suzuka. That would be kind of cool. That'd yeah. be quality. Um, so, yeah, that's the calendars. Largely the same. Or in Formula 3's case, exactly the same. Um, a couple of minor tweaks on the F2 calendar, but 
I, I have no complaints for it, to be honest. No. So. It might make Qatar exciting, so... Hopefully. <laughs> um, which leads us to, I guess, the mid-season overview for Formula One. Uh, I've got the top ten of the drivers' championship here, uh, and I've got the constructors' standings as well. So in tenth place is uh, Esteban Ocon on thirty-five points. Ninth is Stroll on forty-seven. <laughs> Lando Norris is in eighth on funny number. <laughs> uh, Sainz is in seventh on ninety-two. Uh, George Russell is in 6th on 99, behind Charles Leclerc in 5th, also on 99. Uh, Lewis Hamilton's on 148, Fernando Alonso's on 149, uh, Sergio Perez is on 189, and Max Verstappen's on 314. Nice. Now let's put that into some context for you. He's... A very long way clear at the front, but he's so far clear at the front that if you entered Max Verstappen as a team in the World Constructors' Championship, he would be leading the World Constructors' Championship. Um, with his 314 points to Mercedes-AMG's 247. 57 or 67? 50, so I was wrong in both occasions. Yes. Quick maths. Red Bull as a whole have 503 points. But they have over doubled the competition score. Jesus. And that's with 1.5 drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Which is actually highlighted by another stat that we're about to come on to. Uh, Aston Martin are in third on 196. Ferrari fourth, 191. McLaren are on 103 now. That's a bit of a leapfrog in the last few races. Uh, Alpine are on 57. Haas and Williams are both on 11 points, but are in that order because of countback. Alfa Romeo are on 9, and Alfa Tauri are on 3. <laughs> So, um, not not going good for the bottom four. Everyone, everyone from Alpine up, sort of has good and bad weekends, you know. Except Red Bull, who just it's Max. Yeah, AlphaTauri's washed. They ain't moving anywhere. Yeah, AlphaTauri have only had three tenth place finishes this season. All have come from Yuki Tsunoda so far, but obviously Danny Rick's only been in the car for. Not very long, basically. Um, and he almost scored a point in the sprint in Belgium. Um, Where did he finish? 10th. 10th, yeah. He was running in 8th for a while. Um, yeah. But... The issue with Williams, Haas, Alfa Romeo and Alfa Tauri now is the fact that Alpine, McLaren, Ferrari, Aston, Mercedes and Red Bull are that much further ahead. Mm it's going to be a struggle just to get one point. Yeah, yeah. with the advancements that the other teams have made, it's sort of like most of the top ten is almost sort of locked in. 
in some way, shape or form. Like, you know, the yeah. two Red Bulls are going to be there. The two Mercedes are going to be there. That's four places gone. Um, the groups the, are, we, yeah. we know what, roughly where the groups are going to go. So unless something untowards happens to some cars like Carlos and Oscar in the last race, that's a Ferrari and a McLaren out of the picture. That opens up an opportunity. But without something like that, in, in, a, in a perfectly clean race, there's no way an Alpha Tower is getting in the points. Which means that they're probably destined to finish 10th this season. Yeah. Um, but the stat I was alluding to earlier in the recording, um, where Ben said Red Bull have 1.5 drivers, um, that's particularly apparent on Saturdays, where, I mean, to a, to a lesser extent on Sundays as well, but... Uh, the most positions gained so far in 2023 uh, is Sergio Perez with 59 positions gained. Max Verstappen has gained 27 positions. So Perez has to overtake more than twice as many cars as Max to get like half the points, basically. Just over half the points. And that comes from poor qualifying performances. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of Max's overtakes have come from... Because um, he's, he's qualified on pole so much. Like His overtakes came from like Miami, where he came from ninth. Yeah. And Saudi Arabia and qualifying, he broke down. Yeah, so that's a, that's a bunch of them. Yeah. And pit stops where he's... Then Probably drop back, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Like that's where most of his overtakes come from. Is yeah, his strategy has brought him out behind the car, and then he's just whizzed past it, easy as you like. Whereas Perez is starting lower, struggling through, and then getting dumped back in the pack because he's just got to second, but he hasn't got a pit stop window like Max has out in front. So then gets dumped back in the pack and has to overtake even more cars. So that's 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 the difference between the two drivers, I think. But George Russell in second on thirty six overtakes. <laughs> Wait, so how much has Max got overall? Twenty seven. Twenty seven, yeah. So the three eight. races he qualified that I can remember that he qualified them. lower would be Saudi Arabia, Miami, and Belgium, yeah. where he had the grid penalty. So. Saudi and Miami together is 21 overtakes. <laughs> then add Belgium to that. So that's, what, 26? So there's one more that's not accounted for. <laughs> Brilliant. And that one... Is it hungry? <laughs> oh, yeah, because he started second. <laughs> that's it. Done. We figured it out. It... It's just for I guess they've done it from grid position to finish position then. If that's yeah, exactly how it's done. Never take the car, don't you? Yeah, but like positions gained, you can drop in the race and be lower and then come up and finish higher. Because yeah. if you look at Lando Norris's race in Belgium, 
doesn't at, at first glance according to that that way of doing it looks completely unextraordinary <laughs> started seventh finished seventh sounds like a really quiet Bloody race but he was down in 16th down. and then in the last stint got up to seventh hmm. so you know in my eyes that's that's a nine positions gained again but obviously that's not how they're doing it oh well and then as is the obligatory summer break content from formula one media um they've started bringing out the uh team head-to-head graphics uh, so we've got Mercedes and Red Bull so far, so we'll take you through it. Now, they're qualified head-to-head, uh, they're qualified, they're quantified head-to-head on their, if they beat their teammate in the race, in qualifying, how many points they've got, how many podiums they've scored, uh, their best race finish, uh, their highest grid position, and their number of DNFs. Um, so, between Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, Lewis has beaten George in the race 9-3. He's also beaten him in qualifying 7-5. As we discussed earlier on the points, Lewis has 148 and George has 99. Uh, Lewis has had four podiums and George has had one. Uh, Best race finish for Lewis is second and for George is third. The highest grid position for Lewis is pole and for George is second. Uh, Lewis hasn't had any DNFs, and George has had two. When were those two? Australia and Canada. What happened to him at Australia? His engine fire. Oh, yeah. Right. I just remember that's not his fault. Canada. He hit the wall. That was his fault. That was his fault. So he's fifty-fifty on his responsibilities there. He hasn't crashed anyone out. Not yet. So Not yet. There's still a second half of the season. He got very close. Um, but given that George beat Lewis over the season last year, it's not been a good start of the season for him, is it? He's almost fifty points behind in the championship. That's a a big deficit to to claw back. So, but it's not as bad reading as the Red Bull one. Yeah. We know oh, George dear. has talent. So. Here we go. Red Bull, Max Verstappen versus Sergio Perez. Race. Win, Max, 10 to 2. Qualifying, win, Max, 10 to 2. Uh, points win max 314 to 189 uh, podiums win max 12 to Sergio 7 best race finish tie both first highest grid position tie both first and neither driver has DNF'd wow yeah that needs to change <laughs> George Russell on the phone yeah <laughs> So, yeah, it's been a bit of a whitewash so far. Um, I mean, I'll cover the other teams as the graphics get released, but as of recording, um, those are the only two that F1 have released. 
So. No doubt there'll be one tomorrow. I would imagine so. So. Um, Alpine have said they're not in any rush to assign a new team principal after the departure of Otmar Safnauer. Um which is surprising considering I would have thought they'd want someone in at the start of the summer break to sort of mm, get, get to know to... the team over the summer yeah. break. I mean, I know they're on like uh, factory shutdown yeah. and it's like the summer holidays for them basically, but you know, there is still some there's still stuff, stuff going there. on. Yeah. It's just not factory work. No, it's just changing all the equipment that needs to be changed and stuff. Mm. But that's out. still people he needs to talk to. They're, Speaking of mm. Alpine, earlier I seen Italian reports saying Renault want Alpine to become the French Ferrari. So strategy blunders. Yeah, so <clears throat> if they want to be the French Ferrari, probably don't get a team principal in for like rest of the season. Uh, I Get mean, if they want to become the French Ferrari, they're going about the right way with the rumoured yeah. team principal. Who's the, so, the rumoured team principal? Good old Mattia Bonotto. <laughs> we see the strategy blunders and... They'll dub them the French, the French Ferrari. <laughs> Can't wait for the good old Liquid. <laughs> um, Alpine's suddenly going to get all in as a sponsor and the car's going to be red. <laughs> other than that uh, F1 Academy announced this um, last week but we didn't cover it last week because we had a lot of um, racing content to cover uh, so it was announced that of the the 15 cars in the F1 Academy grid obviously 5 teams of 3 cars um, 10 of the cars would be backed uh, by Formula One teams. The other five haven't been announced what they're going to be backed by yet, but 10 of the cars will basically be in the Formula One cars livery for their season. And each of those drivers will be backed by a team. Um, and there are a couple of them who are in their academies already. So I think there's one... That's a pretty shoe-in, isn't it? Yeah, there's one that's in Alfa Romeo. Is there a couple Alpines? Yeah, because uh, Abby, Abby Pullen. Yeah, yeah, I feel like she'll go with Alpine because. I mean, that's I that's an obvious choice for yeah. Alpine's sake, isn't it? Yeah, but I swear there's one in the Ferrari as well, but that might just be somewhere else. Um. Honestly, I can't remember off the top of my head. No. I did a whole bunch of research on the driver academies and because I got asked about the very distant future and I can't remember <laughs> anything of what I looked at. Um, I mean, obviously, the grid is likely to change before next season as yeah. well. That must be stated. There's no guarantees just because they have a drive this season that they will have one next um we're also then also yet to see what happens to the winner of the f1 academy will they get an f3 seat or will it just become an, another w series sort of thing where 
you, you win it, but nobody still cares because Jamie Chadwick won it three times and still didn't get an F3 drive, which I think is a shame. Um, but she seems to be doing all right in indie lights now, so. Yeah. But that's just a shame because that's going to make it a lot more difficult to get into F1 in the end, so. Yeah. We shall see. Um, but I think if maybe she's gone to India, like she might have just accepted that she might have to just stick to IndyCar and possibly not move back. Because once you kind of go that way, it's like Indy Lights most definitely going to IndyCar yeah. and it's a bit more accessible. So, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think it's a shame, though. But... Yeah, definitely. Um, the only other piece of news I've really got is that uh, it's been announced that Fred Vesti will make his F1 debut for Mercedes at FP1 in Mexico City. Um, so they, that's obviously one of their two rookie sessions that they need to fulfill uh, sorted maybe he'll get both you never know yeah, I was going to say do the rookie sessions have to be different drivers or can it be the same driver I mean, same driver it's just got it's to be each driver. side of the garage uh, okay. so Lewis has to miss probably. one session George mm. has to miss one session probably is going to be Fred both times because the only other uh, Mercedes Academy driver that's close enough is Paul Aaron. Paul Aaron. Yeah, he's F3. So, so. He might not have enough points on the super license for an FP1 session. Get Nick to freeze back. <laughs> it's not a rookie anymore. It doesn't count. No. Done too yeah. many races. He is in helmet size. <laughs> so. But that just about wraps up I believe I haven't got any other news that's popped up on my my feed so that was your weekly catch-up for the limited amount of news that we had from this week and some leftover from last um, Thank you for listening and or watching and we'll see you again at the same time next week for hopefully some more news. And if Chris is here, maybe the quiz. He should have a quiz, shouldn't he? He should, but he was also supposed to be here, so... Yeah, cheers, Chris. Mm. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>